as the living God who has ordained and scheduled that we should gather on such a special day, uh, crowning or looking at the overarching uh, theme of our church and also focusing on what God has for us in terms of theme for 2023. Praise the living God. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him we are going higher and higher and higher. Praise the living God. I want to express gratitude to the living God who has called all of us into the kingdom and given us the opportunity to have fellowship with one another so that we can be like him more and more and more. If we can go through the processes of transformation and we can be equipped to go out and possess the nations. His name alone be praised. Hallelujah. I want to appreciate very much and acknowledge our dear chairman, Apostle Eric Nyamiche, and the entire executives. It is under their directives that uh, we are in the country. Um, want to look at what 2023 has for us. Hallelujah. So we bless the name of the Lord for our able father of our church worldwide, whom God is using tremendously to guide us, to help us, to lead us to possess nations. And indeed, we are possessing nations. Are we possessing nations? If you are not a part of what God is doing, then I'm sorry for you. Because God is doing something heavy on the planet. And one prayer I have prayed to God is that, God, whatever you are doing on this earth, I want to be inside of it. I, I, I can't afford to be anywhere else. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him you can't afford to be anywhere else. And what God is doing now is possessing the nations. Hallelujah. I believe that we are called to live our lives possessing nations. In fact, even after the thing possessing the nations is gone, you must understand that the purpose and the reason you are alive is to possess. That is God's agenda for the earth. And so possessing the nations is a theme that will last till Jesus comes. Because it is our very life. Praise the living God. So the theme before us today is repositioning the local church for maximum impact in the nations. Hallelujah. Let's say it together. Let's say repositioning the local church for maximum impact in the nations. I need everyone to say it chorusly. Let's, let's rise up. We want to shout it. We want to let it resonate in this building. Praise the living God. Before we, 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 we declare it, I want somebody to shout out loud, repositioning. Say it louder, repositioning. You see, there's always the need at some point in our lives to do some kind of repositioning. If you check yourself and you realize that the temperature in the atmosphere is not what it is, and you, you, you realize that sometimes you need to go to the thermostat and, and, and change something over there and push some, some knob and change some position. And once you change and adjust that term thermostat, you realize that the whole atmosphere begins to change again because heat may either rise or may come down. So if you check your own life as a Christian, check your family, and you realize that the fire of the spirit that is supposed to keep you is not where it should be and your impact is not the way it should be, Somebody say, reposition, reposition. Just, just, just do some repositioning. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to reposition our church. He wants to adjust our local church and use this local church as the engine 
for strategic impact in the nations. This is the greatest resource of the church, the local church. Can I hear somebody say the local church? And before we move in, let's shout it louder. Say repositioning the local church for maximum impact in the nations. Let's take it once and for all. Repositioning the local church for maximum impact in the nations. Let's go. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. You may please resume your seat. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We want to read verse 19 and verse 20. Praise God. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Now let's turn to the book of Colossians chapter 2. And we want to read verse 6 and verse 7. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 7. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. Praise God. Somebody say amen. The five-year vision of our church, Vision 2023, has been expressed in the overarching theme, Possessing the Nations, which aims at actually influencing every sphere of society with kingdom values and with kingdom principles. We all have the understanding that the overall goal of the vision is that this church or our church will be a place where members go to possess nations by transforming every worldview, every thought, and every behavior with the values, the principles, and the lifestyles of the kingdom of God, and thereby turning many people to Christ. I believe we've had the vision bearer, chairman, repeat this many, many times, and that by now should sink into our very spirits. In fact, the vision uh, 2023 was broken down or classified into different sections, and all of these sections were assigned commitments. In fact, the 25 commitments, if you read the entire document, you will see all the various commitments that the church has decided to engage in in order to make the vision a reality in the church, in our community, and in our nations. And we also want to understand that to achieve all of those commitments, there are three major platforms or three uh, prompt approach that the church has engaged in. This is to carry us through both the short, medium, and long term. So I want to quickly highlight these three major um, approach points so that all of us can be on board as we drive forward and see how the theme for 2023 actually came about. You will realize that it is a progression, a continuation of what God is actually doing since the introduction of the theme, Possessing the Nations. So the three-pronged approach has the first part being equipping members of the church with the required resources, encouraging members of the church and equipping members of the church with the required resources to enable them fulfill the agenda that the vision is carrying. Number two, to strengthen and realign 
existing institutions and structures within our church body so that these units and institutions within the church will serve as implementation units for the vision that is before us. And then number three, that we will be able to transform society, what we call transformation of society. And at the crust of that is that we will be able to send the members who have been equipped into the world as channels through which God's divine resources will flow to meet the needs and the helplessness of our society. And also that in partnering with government for community and national transformation. I like the Bible study we had here this morning. Uh, the Bible study leader was emphasizing how all of us are expected to be channels of change and transformation wherever we find ourselves in society. I want to be able to establish that and we can't say that enough. That the reason God has gathered us before him is that all of us will begin to embrace heaven into our soul. That as we leave this place and we leave the church, we are going out into the world as channels and conduits through which heaven's resources will touch the lives of people around. Our communities are very needy. Our society is dying and going through a lot of decay. There's a lot of lack. There's a lot of pain and lots of suffering that is going on. Lots of heresies, lots of false doctrines. The need in our society is great. And all of us gathered here are the channels, are the conduits, are the point, contact points through which God is going to touch these nations. And we'll look at a few things as we go through some of the highlights of the, the vision and the theme that is before us. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. I want to quickly highlight uh, how God called Jacob and then how that translates into the New Testament era, the church and its role and its responsibility. And then we will proceed. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. We want to quickly emphasize that God is a God who is always thinking about the next generation. He's not only thinking about our expansion and our bringing in all nations. He's also looking at future generations. And as we look at the church and consider our call to position the church to possess nations, we want to keep in mind that at the forefront of our attack, at the forefront of our engagement, we've got to keep thinking about the next generation. Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. We want to look at a visitation that God gave unto Jacob whilst Jacob was on a journey. I want to quickly read from verse 12. Genesis chapter 28 from verse 12. It says, he had a dream, talking about Jacob, in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So these are angels that were coming down from heaven with new assignments to engage humanity. And some completing the assignments, heading back to report to the father. So angels were going forth and back. And then verse 13, he says that there above he stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. So he did not only say he's the God of Abraham. He went on to the next generation and said, I'm the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants. Talking about descendants. The land on which you are lying. 
your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And it says, you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. Can I hear you say, all people on the earth are to be blessed through us. So in this covenant with Jacob, God told Jacob expressly that all the people living on the earth will be blessed through you. Now let's look at verse 16. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the first mention in scripture about the house of God. And when Jacob made reference to the house of God, he was being futuristic in a sense referring to the church of God, the local church that is to carry on God's mandate for the earth in these times. So he's saying the house of God and he did not end there. He said this is the gate of heaven, which means that the house of God, the church of God, is also to serve as the gate of heaven. If our gates are meant for transitions, when gates open, things enter and things come out. When God opens the gates of heaven, rivers of living water will be poured out upon us. In fact, the spirit of God is poured out when the gates of heaven open. In fact, when Jesus was being baptized, we all know that the Bible says that the gates of heaven opened and there was a voice that came down. Beloved, it is important for us to note that that gates that opened on that day never closed again. The gates are still open. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the outpouring of the spirit, even as the church was born. So the church is supposed to live and to exist as the gate of heaven on the earth, resourcing the earth and meeting the needs of people on the earth. Now, when we say the house of God, we are not referring in this end time to the physical buildings. The house of God or the church of God is a reference to you. Turn to your neighbor, tell him you are the house of God. You are the house of God. And he's saying that what? The gate of heaven. That means that if I come into the local church, I should become the house of God myself. Because Bible says that for ye are God's building. The temple of God. Carrying the glory within us. And being equipped to go out there and spread that glory across the nations. Can I hear a big amen? In fact, if you read the book of Ephesians about 3 verse 10 and see who we are as a local church. And as we look at that, we want to acknowledge the fact that the local church is the physical expression of the invisible church on the earth. The local church is supposed to convey the beauty and the radiance of Christ. Hallelujah. So his intent was that now through the church, everybody says through the church, that means the church is a gateway. Somebody say a gateway. So you and I are a gateway. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Let's add verse 11. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In fact, it interests me when I read the life of Peter. 
Bible says that at some point, Peter was walking around. And as Peter was walking around doing ministry, he was carrying so much of God upon him, he became a symbol of heaven on the earth. The people were now rushing and bringing the sick into where he is so that just in case, his shadow will fall on them and they can receive their healing. That is the house of God. That is the gate of heaven. I pray that somebody listening to me today will become a visible house of God. The gate of heaven. Can you imagine you going to work as an accountant and in your office, that corporate office, you are just radiating the presence of God there and the sick are getting healed over there and lives are being transformed. Can you imagine yourself as an IT director coming up with innovations that can only be picked divinely from the throne of God and bringing something new into that work environment? Can somebody say a big amen? So this three-pronged approach that I've already mentioned is meant to guide us going into the future. In fact, we've been following that three-pronged approach for the past four years. It has informed our annual themes. The 2022 theme, which represents the fourth of the annual theme under possessing the nations, has been... How many of us remember what the theme is? If not forgotten, 2022. Equipping... As an army, equipping the church as an army to possess the nations. Hallelujah. Like an army's tactical unit or battalion, the local church is crucial in our effort to possess the nations. Somebody shout and say the local church. Say it louder, the local church. Hallelujah. This is because to maintain our unit cohesion as a church, we will need to be able to stand strong and strategize and have a cohesion that is so structured that there is a fighting force ahead and there is also a defense force behind us. Praise the living God. We need to be able to prepare ourselves so that we can keep fighting in the long term. The goal for this year's come, upcoming theme for 2023 is meant to strategically position us so that our impact will not be short-lived. But our impact can be maximized and it will stay throughout eternity. Can I hear amen? The local church, therefore, is expected to be vibrant and is expected to be a serious threat to the enemy to afford us great success in possessing the nations. If I let us establish this fact that the strength of the church lies with the local church where real practical ministry and congregational life is going on. That is where the strength of the church lies. Where we have the prayer team that prays for people. Where we have visitation team that goes around visiting and ministering to people. Where we have celebrations that encourages and strengthens the faith of people. Where we have Bible studies going on like we did this morning. So beautiful. All over the place. People sharing their thoughts. Digging into scripture. This is the engine of the body of Christ. This is where people are nourished and people are groomed. This is where the armies are made. This is where God makes people. Can I hear you say God makes people? This is where he makes people before he sends them out. Let us establish the fact also that the glory of Christ that we've been talking about dwells in the local church. And when we say dwells in the local church, we are saying that it dwells in you and it dwells in me. 
In Ephesians 3 verse 21, it talks about the glory of Christ that is dwelling in the church. So there is glory in the church. That is why our theme for the previous year, we said a glorious church, revived. The church is glorious and it is on revival to possess nations. Hallelujah. As a denomination, our greatest resource is our members. Our greatest resource is our members. It is in their strength that we find strength. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him you are our great resource. Praise the living God. So this theme is highlighting on the importance of you, the importance of myself, what God wants to use us to do. We are his agents for the transformation. And so he wants to be able to position us in such a way that our impact will be very far-fetched, praise the living God, because positioning is very important when it comes to influence. If you are sitting in the White House as the President of the United States, that position gives you a very heavy influence. That is an understatement. Who believes what I'm saying? If you are the President of Ghana, or you are the, the, the Finance uh, Minister, or the Assemblyman, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a powerful position too. Every single position you carry, that position where you are determines the sphere or the extent to which you influence people around you. Hallelujah. So positions matter. Somebody said positions matter. When people go to war, their positioning actually matters. Why do eagles exercise undue advantage over their praise and over their enemies because of their position, where they position themselves. In fact, in Christ, the Bible says that once we come into Christ, it says you have died with Christ and you are risen with him, Ephesians 2 verse 6, and you are seated in heavenly places. And so positions do matter. Somebody say positions do matter. I pray that in the coming year, there will be shifting, spiritual shifting in the house. That God will begin to reposition some people. Hallelujah. That our priorities will be repositioned. That there will be proper realignment. We will know what is essential in this life. We will go after the essential. And our influence, no man can stop. Can I hear a big amen? Can I hear a big amen? So, the people in the church are the strength of the church. That is why we have to treat people with honor with respect, these people are the agents God wants to use. The people you see around you in the church, members of the body of Christ, those saved, washed in the blood. You may see frailties and gaps and weaknesses and faults here and there. But God says he's decided to use those imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. And so we value and respect humanity. Because they are the agents. The Bible says that he's made us ambassadors of Christ. Agents by which the glory of God will be spread across the nations. In this end time, God's major passion is that his glory will cover the earth. But how can the glory of God cover the earth? The Bible says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. How can we realize that vision? That vision is the possessing the nation's vision. That the glory of God will fill the earth. If a Jesus taught his disciples, he said, when you pray, he said, pray and say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That means that let the glories of heaven come down. 
But how can the glory come? How can the glory populate the earth? The glory is domicile in human beings. Can I hear amen? Bible says Christ in you. The hope of glory. It is human beings that carry the glory. So if we want to populate the earth with the glory of God, we need to produce human beings who are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. We can only populate the earth with the glory of God when we produce people who are changed. When in our secular engagements, on the streets, in the prisons, in the campuses, everywhere, we are getting souls saved and people are being transformed and they are now becoming the temple of God, the house of God. That is how the glory of God will populate the earth. And that is how sin, evil will be pushed back and we can depopulate the kingdom of darkness. This is why we are alive. There is no greater reason to be alive than to be a part of what God is doing. Producing men and women who have the glory of God inside of them. And who when they speak, the devil is on the run. Can I hear a big amen? Can I hear a big amen? How many of you believe you can be that agent? You can be that, that house of God. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Praise God. Pray in the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost, let the glory well up in you. Let the glory well up in you. Let the glory, it's inside of you. It's inside of you. Let the glory, let the glory come up greater. Yes, and Jacob saw angels going forth and back. Angels were going forth and back. When we see the temple, when we see the house of God, there is always the supernatural. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. How I pray that every one of us in the house of God going into 2023, you will become a supernatural being. Because the house of God is filled with the supernatural. And we will be able to adjust the things that we do in order to make room for the supernatural. I believe that time is coming when we come to church and you may not be able to predict how the service will go. Because revival can break out at any time. And the sick can receive their healing at any time. And once we are within the atmosphere where the glory is at work, you will be able to know that no demon can stand in our midst. Hallelujah. And before you know, somebody at the back says, I've been healed of this humor. Before you know it, somebody here says that, oh, that diagnosis has changed already in my body. You see, we must begin to call them. We must begin to see these things. That is what the church is supposed to look like. The church is supposed to exhibit the power of God, the glory of God, the spirit of God. That is who we are. We are no ordinary people. Somebody sang, he says, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I carry the Holy Ghost in me. I am the church. I am the local church. I carry the glory in me. Christ in me. He said the hope of glory. That is why when I move, the devil goes back. I trample on serpents and scorpions. That is who the church is. I see somebody rising up. I see somebody being repositioned in the name of Jesus. That your impact will be profound. Somebody say, my impact will be great. My impact will be profound. Pray in the spirit right now. Come on, pray. Let it begin to happen in our spirits. In the name of Jesus. So church, 
We are moving into an era where God will do some new things in his church. And our fathers are giving us a lot of tuition, a lot of guidance. I believe that God is going to do something amazing. In fact, last, earlier this year, a chairman was in the U.S. for a conference addressing the whole nation administration. And in fact, those days were very transforming for the nation in the United States. And when the conference was over, I was home and one of my spiritual doctors just called me. When she called, she doesn't go to Pentecost. She was on video. I said, ah, this lady doesn't usually call me on video. She just called. She was on video with her face all soaked in tears. And I'm like, what is happening to you? Can I help you? She said, when I look at the message your chairman preached and the way the word transformed me, I just want to be like Christ. I saw Christ coming out from him. And I just want to be like Christ. I don't know how to do it. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. And I need something. That is where we should get to. Where God's grace is so much upon everyone and upon the church. That when people see us, they see his glory. When we speak, our words bring transformation to people's lives. The other time, one lady who every now and then will collapse at the workplace. They will rush him by ambulance. Rushing by ambulance to the hospital. He hospitalized for a few days. They discharge him. Hey, she comes back. After some time, she will collapse again. Nobody knew the cause of what that was. One Sunday after church, Columbus, they just brought her in. And the elders called me. and said, let's come together. I said, yeah, why not? What is the problem? They narrated the problem. We just prayed for her for about 15 minutes. The glory of God just fell upon her. When she left that place, beloved, up till today, that collapsing has ceased forever. It has never come back again. You see, the presence of God around us must bring relief to the people in our communities. It must bring healing to the nations. Hallelujah. And that is what this Possessing the Nations agenda is all about. Please listen to this. We shall be committed as a church to positioning the local church as an agent for community transformation through its active role in community development. The church is not called to be passive. The church is not called to come and then we are always praying, expecting, let Jesus come, let's go. Hey, this world is dying, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's change the world before we go. The weapons of our warfare that we are carrying is not meant for use in heaven. There is no spiritual warfare in heaven, never. Somebody say never. You won't go to heaven and you, are, you say, I want to put on the weapons of my warfare. Who are, you, who are you waging war against? Praise God. But here, you have the weapons of the spirit upon your life. This is the time for spiritual warfare. This is the time to liberate the nations from the clutches of sin and Satan. By God's grace, God is giving the campuses in U.S. into our hands one by one. In the last three months, we were able to enter into Harvard, one of the finest universities in the world. Pensa is thriving in Harvard now. We also went into Temple University, one of the elite universities around. Over there, the revival is breaking out. Beloved, God wants us to possess the nations. Everywhere you find yourself, you are an agent of transformation. God is taking you places for a reason, not for silver and gold. In fact, Paul said... Ye are our glory. He says, it is not the silver and the gold, but it is you. You are our glory. You are our glory. Saved people. 
filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, that is my glory. That is why we are alive. That is why we are alive. See how many people are passing on to eternity every day. If you amass the whole of this world, it is somebody who will come and enjoy it for you. Because one day you close your eyes. But what will matter is how many souls you saved. Eternity only rewards soul winners. Eternity does not reward people who have many, many riches. If you have riches, channel them into possessing the nations. That is how you get rewarded. Can I hear a big amen? To ensure a strong and cohesive army as a church, the local church should be in good shape. Good shape. Somebody say good shape. Huh? In terms of attendance to church, involvement in all church activities, among many others. So those of us who don't like coming to church, 2023, a commitment to come to church. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, a commitment to come to church. When you, you don't come to church and there, there are empty pews, the pastor is not happy, the priest is not happy. Instead of us focusing on worshiping God, we are thinking about where, where you are. Tell your neighbor, come to church. Praise God. Also, there's the need to put measures to guarantee the sustainability of the local church. This is achieved by ensuring that the local church is tactically deployed to have both the fighting echelon and also the support of the rare echelon. We must prepare and position the church so that it can fight the cultural battles of our time. So we must have a fighting echelon, a fighting battalion, you know, that mostly could be made up of the young men and women who have the energy, the language, and the capacity to break forth. We position them. In fact, when you read about Joab, the Bible says Joab was engaged in a battle. First Samuel chapter 30. And he engaged the elite army to go ahead. And then he also put some of the soldiers behind him. So these soldiers were guarding those who were ahead. And also making sure that if there is an enemy coming on the other side, they were ready to fight. So whether you are in the forefront or you are behind, you are very important. Praise the living God. You are very, very important. And God wants us to position the church like that. Where we have those who are outside there engaging the community. We should have professionals who are involved in doing many, many things out in the community. We are engaged in the legal system. We should be engaged in the educational sector. We should be engaged in the media sector. You see, all these agents of influence in our communities. And many of us here, professionals. Some of us here, we are you know, we are in high places. Somebody say high places. We have to use our positions in those high places. I don't mean high places in the other sense. But high places for the Lord. Hallelujah. You, you, we are to use where God has positioned us. To bring forth the good love, the, the nature of Christ, the love of God, the good news of the gospel. To those sectors where we find ourselves. So beloved, God wants us to so position the church such that. We have the fighting echelon ahead of us. And then we also have those behind. Those behind, in the context of the theme for 2023, are the ministries that we have in the church. Are the engagements that we have, taking care of one another. Are the strengthening wings of the church. All the various ministries and, and committees and institutions that we have put in place. Look at the audiovisual department doing a fabulous job. The choruses doing a fabulous job. And then all of this coming together will form that support system that will be the supply line that will ensure that there is continuity and strength for the people who are ahead fighting in the communities. 
Is somebody picking a lesson from what we are saying? Hallelujah. We need to strengthen the rear echelon very well. And we see that in the life of David. At the time when the lack of support echelon to protect the rear end led to his being exploited by the Amalekites. If I want you to read First Samuel chapter 30, First Samuel chapter 30, you will see that in that passage, David went to battle. And when David went to battle, he did not have any protective unit around his wives and, his, and, and the armies that were with him, their families that were left behind, no protection, no support battalion, support unit. And the Bible says by the time David came back, what had happened to them? They had been ransacked by the Amalekites. But you look at the life of uh, Joab. Like I said earlier on, Joab also strategized. But Joab did put in place a fighting arm and then also he had a support arm. So, in a similar fashion, the church needs to cover both the front, that is outreaches to possess the nations, and the rear, which is the local church ministry. The local church ministry. So, in the light of this, the theme for the church will be, as we have already announced, repositioning the local church to be able to make maximum impact in the nations. And let me repeat that again. Repositioning the local church for maximum impact in the nations. A few principles that we'll be engaged in as we move with this theme is the following six points. And this is based on the principles of war. Number one, morale. Morale. These are the key areas that we will be working on. The need for morale is to be able to pursue healthy church life. Somebody say healthy church life. Number two, security. To protect the core values of the church and our culture. The culture of respect and honor. The culture of prayer. Those things that define us. Our Pentecostal distinctiveness. All of those elements. The culture of discipline. Maintaining good character. Attendance to church. Loyalty. All of these core values will be protected. Praise the living God. And not only that, mass or concentrating power. That is focusing efforts on ministry and priorities in the local church. Number four, objectives. That we will have achievable objectives set for the local church. Number five, unity of command. Providing strong leadership at all levels for the squads that we are going to be creating. And the last one, surprise and maneuver. Surprise and maneuver. That means making room for innovation and improvement of systems. If there is a particular way of doing things that we have been doing for a long time and it's not yielding the required results, we should take our liberty to make adjustments. Praise the living God. If the status quo is not producing the required results, change what you are doing. and Change it within the confines of, of guidance and wisdom. Hallelujah. Surprise and maneuver. Making changes to be able to address what is happening in our generation. Our culture is changing very fast. Our world is changing very fast. So without compromising the values of the church and the tenets of the church and the principles of scripture, the church will be open to making adjustments here and there that will enable us to maximize our impact. Can I hear amen? A few topics that will be addressed in the course of the coming year. Major themes that will be highlighted in sermons, Bible studies, and messages. In fact, as I highlight this, let us understand 
that the local church is expected to be well positioned so that it can make the greatest impact the world has ever known. Number one, among the topics that will be handled, stoking the fire of the Holy Spirit and living in the fear of God in the local church. Stoking the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need fire. How many people believe we need fire? We need that fresh fire. And 2023 is going to be a year to stoke that fire of the Spirit. Number two, the local church as a family. Promoting that family orientation for the local church. Number three, the local church upholding the values of godliness. That means that we are going to all ensure that godliness is the hallmark of all that we do in the local church. Number four, sacrificial giving and tithing. Sacrificial giving and tithing. If you are not used to paying your tithe, we encourage you that this is the time to get into the flow of what God is doing. Get into that covenant and let us support what God is doing in his church. Sacrificial giving and tithing. Number five, the local church in evangelism. Evangelism. Can I hear you shout evangelism? Evangelism should be our food. In fact, a great commitment to the great commission is going to give us a great church. Let's say that together. A great commitment to the great commission will produce a great church. Why don't we replace the great church with glorious church? Let's say a great commitment to the great commission will produce a glorious church. Hallelujah. Number six, visitation in the local church. Visitation in the local, in the local church. That we will visit one another. That we will encourage one another. That we will find ways and means to keep that unity of the faith. By ensuring that every member of the church is doing well. That would have welcoming units and various structures in place. That will ensure that the church life is healthy. That the communion is sound. That there is clarity in what we are doing. That the vision has been laid out very clear. When vision is very clear, it stimulates morale. And it helps everybody to run. When we have one goal set before us, possessing the nations, winning souls into the kingdom, and we are committed to that one vision, making the church what it should be, as we run with it, if it is clear enough, people will run after it. People will run with it because the motivation and enthusiasm will be there. Hallelujah. Can I hear amen? Then the last one, raising family altars to strengthen the local church. Raising family altars to strengthen the local church. That means that every family unit in this house will ensure that you are having strong family altars where there is prayer in your home, where the presence of God is strong in your home. I'm a product of, of, of a family altar. The devotions at home. that My mom and my dad took me through over the years. It grooms young people and it forms you, gives you strength to become who God wants you to become. So for all parents that are in the house, family altars. Somebody say family altars. Family altars. Very, very powerful. Encouraging personal devotions and small group prayers to strengthen the local church. Now as we finish up, the scriptures that we have read in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19 and 20. It says, for what is our hope? What is our hope? Our joy or the crown in which we will glory. It says in the presence of our Lord Jesus. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. All of us here, we are created to carry the glory of God. 
And we have emphasized that already. We want to say that the theme 2023 is aimed at ministers, officers, and every individual in the church. Understanding and appreciating the fact that our greatest resource as a church is our members. Our greatest resource as a church is our members. And no matter what ministry God has given to us, our highest reward and greatest joy should be those who come to believe in Christ and those who join us in fellowship. And we want to be able to reposition the local church so that the local church will be able to create that atmosphere, will have the needed atmosphere where principles, values of the kingdom will be so clear in everybody's heart that it can easily be translated into the various spheres and places where God has positioned us. In the Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7 text that we read, we want to be able to have that understanding that we want to let the church have people who are rooted in Christ. Who are rooted in Christ. One of the problems of our generation is lack of rootedness. And so we keep hopping from place to place because we don't have that rootedness in the Lord. When the storms come, we begin to wobble because the rootedness is not there. I pray that in the coming year, all of us will be truly rooted in Christ, will be rooted in Christ, strengthened in the faith, and overflowing with thanksgiving. Why is this so important? Because of all the false doctrines around us, secular humanism, doctrines against Titan, hyper-grace that tells us that it doesn't matter whether how you live your life and that the grace of God has already paid the price. It is false doctrine. God wants us to live right. Righteousness is our weapon and our authority. It is what distinguishes us from the rest of the world. Hallelujah. And so his God is calling on all of us that based on this premise, repositioning the local church, everything that ought to be repositioned has to be repositioned and it must be repositioned. Turn to your neighbor, tell him everything that needs repositioning must be touched. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord help his church. May 2023 be a year of outstanding breakthrough. Be a year of outstanding open doors for us. That everyone will be a walking house of God. The glory of God resting upon the church. That miracles, signs and wonders following us everywhere we go. Oh, does somebody believe and agree what I'm saying? Can you rise up? Can you rise up? May 2023 be a year of a difference for all of us. As we begin tackling this theme from now, oh, may lives be turned around. Hallelujah. If you are in the house and you haven't given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, or you are online watching virtually, we want to lift up our voice and help you give your life to the Lord. Yes, Lord. This is a time when God is raising an army for himself. Yes, Lord. And you can't afford not to be a part of that army. Yes, Lord. We want you to say this prayer. Wherever you are with your hand lifted up to the Lord. You are giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are also rededicating your life to this one major purpose. We want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus. We lift up our voice. My God. Before we pray, say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I stand before you, yielding my life to you, giving the totality of my all. Take over this life. Take over this life. Wash me with the precious blood. Make me a part of your army. 
In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, with our voices and our hands lifted up to you in this auditorium. You have given us, by the instrumentality of your servant, a theme to run with in the coming year. Lord, our eyes are upon you. Wisdom and clarity for repositioning. Let it be released upon us in in abundance in the name of Jesus. We pray that, oh God, there will be shifts and changes in our individual lives and in the church. May we see you like we've never seen you before. Let lives here be equipped and groomed and released to possess our communities, our workplaces, our streets, our prisons. Lord, everywhere in the community, we pray there will be agents from this place who have been groomed and who have been anointed to carry this good news out. Father, may grace abound. I pray that the Lord will strengthen everyone here. I pray that the hand of God will rest upon you. I pray the power of God will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. That it will make you a true agent of transformation. Father, we give you praise. We know you've heard our prayer. We know you have blessed us. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout a big amen. 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 Shout repositioned for maximum impact impact in the world. Hallelujah.